Good morning. I greet you all this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we come for worship on this Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday before the start of the season of Advent, and we come and we celebrate that Jesus Christ is King of not just our lives or this church, but King of the world. So we rejoice in our Savior together. Just a, a number of announcements that I'll share today. Uh, our Bible study on healing continues Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m., and you're welcome to join uh, Beverly here in the church, and they're meeting in the kitchen right now. Also tonight, our prayer meetings continue at 7 p.m., and everyone is invited to join us tonight here. It'll be here in the church. As I said, this is the last Sunday before the season of Advent, which means next Sunday is our memorial light-up service. It is 7 p.m. for that service. There will be no 11 a.m. service next week. As we prepare for Advent, as we prepare for that service next week, we will be decorating the church. And it's always a fun time to come together and decorate the church. And we will be decorating Thursday night at 6 p.m. So if anyone can come out and help, more hands make light work. And we would love to come together and just uh, make our church beautiful for the coming of our Savior. As far as the light-up, you should have received letters. Joyce has been handing them out. I know some have been mailed and delivered by hand. And uh, as far as making your memorial donation in the name of a loved one. At the end of the service, there's a couple of things happening. And immediately following the service, there will be a time of prayer at the front. If you are in need of prayer today, I've got oil, I'm ready to go. Whatever, if you want to come forward and be prayed for today. Uh, also, after the service, the choir will be practicing as we prepare for the Christmas season. So if anyone is interested in trying out the choir, uh, feel free to stick around after the service and sing with us. On our anniversary service two weeks ago, we opened up a time capsule that was discovered upstairs. It turns out it's from 2007. And the contents are still spread out inside the church hall and a couple of tables, so feel free to go in and, and take a look around and see what you may have put into the time capsule. This will be your last chance to see it, as we'll be cleaning it up this week to get ready to spread out our Christmas decorations. Um, we're looking for a couple of people to help with our emergency response plan. We want to be better prepared should there be another major storm that uh, shuts us down for a few days. Uh, to be able to communicate better with our community and with one another. So if you're interested in helping try to formulate uh, a response plan for us as a church, uh, let me know. We've got a couple of people interested. might be nice to have uh, a couple more. So if that's something you might be interested in, just speak to me. And on a sad note, uh, Joan McFadden passed away a couple of days ago. We don't have details on the service just yet, but there will be a service coming up probably later this week. So please keep the family in prayer. Are there any other announcements to share? Let's just take a moment now to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship Christ our King today. Wait, candle is a reminder. Jesus Christ, as King of our lives, as King of this world, walks with us every single day. Our responsive psalm this morning is Psalm 46. is our refuge. 
Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should quake and the mountains fall into the depths of the sea. a river whose streams make glad the city of God, sanctifying the dwelling of the Most High. Nations are in tumult, empires are shaken. and see what God has done, the wonders wrought upon the earth. Be still and know that I am God. The God of hosts is with us. Join our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. As you promised to be with us, Lord Jesus, help us, Lord, to worship you, to listen to your word, and to pray in faith that we might grow in our love for you and for one another. Amen. Our opening hymn is Crown Him with Many Crowns.
scripture reading this morning is from Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8. Christ brings new life. I how kind God has been to me, and so I tell each of you not to think you are better than you really are. Use good sense and measure yourself by the amount of faith that God has given you. A body is made up of many parts, and each of them has its own use. That is, is with us. There are many of us, but each are part of the body of Christ, as well as part of one another. God has also given each of us different gifts to use. If we can prophesy, we should do it according to the amount of faith we have. If we can serve others, we should serve. If we can teach, we should teach. If we can encourage others, we should encourage them. If we can give, we should be generous. If we are leaders, we should do our best. If we are good to others, we should do cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we gather this day to feel your presence as you envelop this place. We gather to seek your presence in our lives, in our church, in our homes, 
We gather to celebrate the gifts that you have given. And Lord, we gather now to hear your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength, our rock, our king, and our redeemer. Amen. So, we've made it. This is my final message on the series that we've been looking at around healing in the Bible. And I've been using Mark Pearson's book, Christian Healing, as kind of our guide through these last couple of months. And we've talked about a lot of things over these last two months. We've talked about sin. We've talked about evil. We've talked about why our prayers don't get answered. We've talked about um, how people experience healing. And I realized that I, you know, I've only been just kind of touching the surface of many of these things. Because there's only so much we can dig into here on a Sunday morning. But I hope that it has piqued your interest in somewhat in healing ministry. And maybe even want you to ex- encourage you to explore it even more. Now last week we looked at ways in which healing can be experienced through the acts of the church. Through the sacraments. Kind of a how does the church offer healing perspective. And moving on from last week, we're looking at this week, in our final week, how we as individuals can offer healing through the gifts and, and through the gifts given to us by God. Now God has definitely given us special spiritual gifts to be used to love and serve others. These are beyond skills that we have or have acquired in our lives. Dr. C. Pollard Wagner from Fuller Seminary calls spiritual gifts. They are special abilities that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ. Now when we look at various passages in the New Testament that speak of spiritual gifts, they are often paired with another theme. We've, we heard from Romans 12, verses 3 through 8 today. And immediately following those verses, in 9 and 10 we read this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. There's another long passage about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. We're not going to read into that one today. It is a long passage. But immediately following chapter 12, we know of the famous words of 1 Corinthians 13 that we hear often. And it says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And then we turn to 1 Peter 4.10. And Peter talks about spiritual gifts. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And right before that, in verse 8, he says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. So when we think about spiritual gifts and how we use them, how they come about in our lives, they are connected deeply to love, to serve in love, to love others, to love God by using them as he designed them to be used. Now, spiritual gifts, they're different than skills or abilities. Yes, there are people who have incredible talent in doing various things, but they're not spiritual gifts. These are skills we tend to have most of our lives, such as playing music or sports or art or cooking or many, many other things. There are gifts we have, things that we can work to improve, but for some, it seems like we're already wired to be, to be good at these things. 
So God has given us the inclination to be able to do them. God has given us this skill, and it's a skill that we have all our lives, pretty much. Now, I would love to sit down at the piano and play this grand tune that brings us all to tears, but I can't. I, I don't believe I'm wired to be a grandmaster of the piano. Now, I could learn from Paula Jane. I could make use of her amazing gifts in teaching and playing music herself, but I, I could not reach the level that I would love to be able to play and be this master of music. Now, these things aren't what we would call spiritual gifts, right? They're unique abilities we have given to us by God to be used in our lives. But before we talk about the spiritual gifts used in healing, we should talk, think about how we receive the spiritual gifts. Now, there are the skills that are kind of wired into us, that God has given us, but to receive spiritual gifts requires a direct or often sudden intervention by God, either by request or at a time of God's own choosing. For instance, in his book, Mark Pearson talks about a woman he names as Bertha. Bertha is a wonderful Christian woman, but she's generally socially inept. She can't read situations, she can't read people, and as you can imagine, this gets her into embarrassing situations at times. Now one day, Bertha was sitting and she was praying with another person. And she had this deep and profound insight into what the person's problems may be. They knew almost immediately that this had to be from God, because the Bertha they knew, there's no way she could have come up with this on her own. From there, she continues to have this gift for ministry of praying with people. It is a God-given gift, a gift that we call the word of wisdom. This is a spontaneous gift from God and a special moment that Bertha continues to use today. She didn't ask for it. It just came upon her in the, in the moment. And even still, when she's off on her own, she's still pretty much socially inept. But when she is praying with someone, God gives her great wisdom in those moments. So that's an example of the spontaneous spiritual gift. But we can also ask for spiritual gifts. As long as we're asking with, 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 uh, with the heart and intention of serving God, and serving others to glorify God, there's no reason why we can't ask. It doesn't mean we'll get it, but we can ask. God will decide what we receive. But the very least we can do is we can ask God to reveal the gifts, the spiritual gifts that he has for us so that we can humbly serve in his name. Now, as with everything, there is caution. Some of the caution around spiritual gifts is that some people get turned off from them because of what they see as abuse. And it happens. I've seen it happen. I've had to address situations where it has happened. I was in a public meeting with someone who was, who was speaking one time. And they felt they had a word from God that they shared with the group. But actually what they were doing was airing their dirty laundry. They covered themselves by saying, I hope some of you, one of you, learned something from my story today. But what it really was, was a, was a public therapy session. Not a revelation from God. Now this person, they're a committed Christian. They felt in that moment God was asking them to share a message. But what they didn't realize is they were in grief over an event that had happened in their lives recently. And they were overcome with their own emotional state without fully realizing it. I mean, that happens. We all do that. It all happens at times. We just need to be careful about how we act, especially when we're claiming to be, to have a message from God, for instance, that we need to find that balance between is it me or is God really telling me to do this? The purpose of spiritual gifts is to bring powerful, God's powerful love into certain situations. It's not about us. But God uses us to reveal his love to his children, which may or may not lead them into deeper relationship with God. Now I know within the United Church, we don't talk a lot about spiritual gifts. They seem a bit foreign to us. 
Some people might even be a bit afraid of them, worried that they may come off as weird or, or a freak or one of, those, one of those Christians. But God gives us these skills. And he gives, us, gives them to us to be used in love because he loves us. They're, they're to be used in moments where God prompts us. And they're most commonly used in normal settings, maybe in a small group, maybe even one-on-one with a person. There's nothing freaky, there's nothing weird about it. These are God's gifts. And we can use them to bring healing to people. There are a couple of ways in which we know what kind of spiritual gifts we have. One way is quite obvious. We act in a moment, in a way that is completely unexpected. Yet it's also a way in which God's grace is revealed. And something significant happens. Much like Bertha. How she was praying with something, praying with someone, and immediately had this revelation that there's no way she could have come up on her own. Now, another way we find out is that other people point it out to us. Like we watch one another, we see one another at work, and when there are times when we are acting in our spiritual gifts, but we don't even realize it, and sometimes it's other people that point it out to us and say, hey, that's a God given gift you have there. You often see that kind of happening in hospitality. People who just naturally go above and beyond to be hospitable. Another way is that uh, we have interest in a new ministry. Maybe one we hadn't considered before. God can sometimes test us, test our obedience by piquing our interest in something to see if we will follow through on it. And when we do, we are blessed and we receive a spiritual gift. That's not to say all interests in ministries are gifts from God. Not always will we receive a blessing. There was a time when Presbytery was looking for someone to chair a committee. And I thought, hey, I can do that. You know, I took it on. I expected everything to go smoothly. I felt like I had the skills. I felt like I had the knowledge. But in the end, it turned out to be not so great. I didn't fail, per se. But it was stressful. It was quite stressful. So I gladly handed it off to someone else who was very happy to take on that work and did a wonderful job. Sometimes we'll see this when someone says, God gave me a word for you, or or, God is telling me. But for those people, they're rarely correct. The person is wrong about their gifting. They think they have something. They really want to serve God. They see other people doing it. So they act as they feel like they should act. In those cases, we want to be careful when dealing with people because we know they want to serve God. They have a passion. They have a love. But sometimes we need to help them discover what the true gifts they hold are. And we want to do it carefully so that we're not uh, breaking their trust or, or crushing their faith. Like most things, spiritual gifts, they're tricky. So we pray. We seek God's wisdom. We read our Bibles. We seek clarification. But in the end, what we want to do most is be humble servants of God. Serving people in love. If we can just start there, then God will work. And eventually we'll catch up and do what he wants us to do and know what he wants us to know. And so finally, what are these spiritual gifts that I'm talking about? And there are quite a few as you read through some of the passages in the Bible. And I'm only going to touch on the ones that seem more directly connected to healing. You could argue that all spiritual gifts could have a a connection to to healing, but some are more obvious, and we'll focus on just those few today. The first is the most obvious, gift of healing. Or in the Bible, it says gifts of healings. Both words are plural. This indicates and has proven, proven to be true that there's more than one specific gift for healing. There's more than one method. There's more than one skill. And it also indicates that more than one healing will happen. And as for the multitude of ways, there are indeed many. I mean, some of them are through doctors and nurses and science, and some are just through prayer and some of the things we talked about last week. And no one is able to do them all. 
Another gift is the word of knowledge. This is the gift of knowing something when we could have not otherwise known it. Something God tells us directly in a particular moment. Now, I like to think this happens to me once in a while when I'm, praying, when I'm preparing my sermons, but maybe God's telling, given me something I hadn't considered before, or maybe it's just that I remembered something someone said once and I don't remember who, or I read it somewhere. But it's an important gift, and it's particularly related to healing because words of knowledge can help us understand a situation better. Maybe we get a word about an issue. Maybe there's something in someone's lives and someone's life that needs to be addressed, needs to be dealt with before healing can happen. And I've heard such stories where someone is being prayed for and they get a word of knowledge from God and they ask that person, what about this? And it's something that happened long ago in their lives. They've even forgot about it. But then when they explore it, they realize that is the problem and they pray for it and the person finds healing. It's amazing stories. But even if the word of knowledge does not lead to immediate healing, it can grant us insight to help us focus our prayers, to help us focus our ministry, to move a person into the direction of healing, even if it takes time. The word of knowledge shows that God is still very active in the world, and I certainly appreciate those who have this amazing gift. And there's another spiritual gift that we call words of wisdom. So what's the difference, you might ask? Wisdom is a specific application that, that give, comes to the truth of the situation. Now, Bertha would be an example of this. Bertha, when she prayed, she didn't get word about the history. She got words about what the person can do now. It is looking ahead a bit. She gave common sense recommendations, even though she could not exercise common sense for herself. It is the imparting of wisdom in a way that God reveals. And I love being around these people. I have a number of friends that I would say have the gift of wisdom. And I feel like I could sit at their feet all day to share wisdom about lives and church and so many things. It's a wonderful gift, especially to the wider church. And moving in that direction, there's another spiritual gift called prophecy. Prophecy means foretelling, which is different than foretelling. Foretelling is a way in which they're sharing words from God to a group of people or even individuals. And those words could be comfort. It could be addressing things in the community. And as you read through the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophets are great examples of the gift of prophecy. Receiving words from God to help the community or the individuals address issues. It could be sin. It could be a call to live a more righteous behavior. Or it could be words of comfort that offer truth in our emotional distress, which can help bring healing as well. Another fun one to talk about is speaking in tongues. It's related to healing. Speaking in tongues is the ability to speak in a language we do not know. We do not understand. Sometimes it's, we speak in a language that is from another part of the world, or sometimes to the in, untrained ear it sounds like gibberish. But it's really kind of a heavenly language that we do not understand, but we use it to speak with God. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles, they get up, they ran out of the house they were in, and began speaking in languages they did not know. Yet the people who were gathered in the city at that time, coming from many different regions, speaking many different languages, understood, understood every word they said as they shared about Jesus with the, with, in the streets of the city. And many people heard those words in their own language and came to believe and join the church. Sometimes the gift of tongues is used to minister to someone in another language in order to bridge a gap to help us be more effective in a ministry, even though we may not know what we're saying. And other times, it's, it feels like it's a babbling language in prayer. And it, it is a prayer language. In Romans 8, 26, Paul writes, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, 
We do not know what we ought to pray, but the, prayer, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. An example of speaking in tongues. Now I know people who pray in tongues. And I've asked for the gift on a number of occasions. But I've not received it so far. Not that it means it impacts my ability to pray, or I can't minister to people for healing. It just means I don't get to do it through speaking in tongues. At least not right now. Another gift is, is mercy. And it's a huge one in, in offering healing. Mercy, comfort, compassion. There are people who work in this way in incredible ways. Far more effectively than sort of the, the normal Christian. I mean, we all try to practice mercy and comfort and compassion. But there are people who just seem to go there naturally and are very effective with it. They meet people who may be in a deep emotional state. And, they, and in that moment, they need to feel and hear genuine deep love in order to feel relief from their pain. Those with the gift of mercy are able to step right in there and help comfort those people in amazing, amazing ways. And they excel at that ministry. Now these are examples, just some, a few examples of gifts of healing that we can find in the Bible. One thing to keep in mind is that these gifts are for particular situations and times. And just because I don't have the gift of tongues right now doesn't mean I won't get it tomorrow or at some other time. And just because I may have a particular gift today doesn't mean I get to keep it either. Spiritual gifts may come and go depending on how God is using us in this particular moment in our lives. Once we discover a gift, we want to use it wisely and effectively and carefully. At the same time, using it in love and humility. God does not give us these gifts for our glory. They are to give glory to God. And we may even need training at times about how to use these gifts effectively. I have a friend who's got an amazing ministry of healing down in the valley. And he will go around and help set up other churches with healing ministries. And he's actually extended the invitation to us here at Carmen. But he did that right before COVID hit. So everything kind of went off the rails for a while. But you never know. Maybe he will come and share with us more about the, the healing ministry he provides. God can use any Christian with any gift at any time. If the person is open to the prompting of God. It might seem like God keeps calling the same people to work all the time, time and time again, and maybe it seems like he only uses certain gifts, but that's not true. We must be careful to not limit what God can do. Just because you feel like God hasn't gifted you doesn't mean he hasn't. As followers of Jesus, he gives us spiritual gifts we can use when he prompts us to use them. We just need to be open to the possibility that God could do it and that we may receive a surprise in return. God, in his incredible love, has plans. He has plans to bring his children back to him, to help him realize his wonderful love, the same love he has for you. He has much work for us. And to aid us in the faithful life-giving work, he gives us skills, he gives us abilities, he gives us special supernatural gifts in order to do his work. Spiritual gifts that will enable us to do more than we can ever dream or imagine. Every member of the church is gifted by God to do amazing things at in his name. We just need to turn our eyes toward God and ask what it is he has in store for us. And be ready to receive all that he has to offer. Let us receive the gifts that God has in our lives so that we may do his work in love and humility to bring glory to his name. Amen. Let us sing together, Rejoice the Lord is King.
Let us join our hearts together in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Lord, you are just so great. You are the king of our lives and of this world and of our church, of this town. We thank you, God, for the love you have poured into our lives so that we may grow to love and serve others. Lord, help us to recognize the gifts, the skills, the abilities that you have given to us that work together to bring glory to your name. Lord, we pray for those who are in need in our community. We pray for ourselves, especially in these colder mornings, God. We pray for warmth for those who are cold. We pray for food for those who are hungry. We pray peace in the hearts of those who are mourning. Lord, we come before you again just praying for so many things. This world that is struggling. Lord, we continue to pray for Ukraine, that peace may come for that nation. We pray for Russia, that they may relent from their attack and know peace as well. Turn from their evil ways. We pray for all pieces, places of conflict, for there are indeed many. And we pray, O oh God, for your healing to come to this world. And Lord, we lift to you now the prayers of our hearts this day. Lord, you are the source of life. You bring healing to your people in many ways. And Lord, may we be used as instruments of your healing ourselves as we serve you in love and humility, but boldly as you gift us to serve. Lord, we lift all these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, as we pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those <clears throat> and lead us not to temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we continue to serve God and follow in his way, we receive many blessings from our God. And we also take the time to give back to God a portion of what he has blessed us with. Our offering will now be received.
Let us pray. Lord, in response to your wonderful gift of life and love, we offer you our best today. Make you magnified for your glory. Amen. Closing hymn this morning is I, the Lord of Sea and Sky. friends, may we hold God's people in our hearts as we go to serve and love in His name. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen. <laughs>